Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. A man stranded in the Arctic after a plane crash must decide whether to remain in the relative safety of the makeshift camp or to embark on a deadly trek through the unknown in hopes of making it out alive. And that is the setup for this wonderful new film called Arctic. And we're joined today by the writer as well as the director of the film, that would be Joe Pena. Joe, welcome to Film School. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Where did, it, where did this idea for the film come from? Kind of an awkward place, actually. Um, you know, I saw an image online that was a, a half-terraformed Mars. Um, you know, it's, it's Mars, the red planet, but still had some grasses and had some, some trees here and there. And I thought, what an interesting setting for, for a great story. So I brought that image to my co-writer, and we wrote an entire script out that was basically this film. Um, but then eventually uh, we sent it off to our agents, and they said, we love the script, but you should really look at the trailer for this new film that's coming out. The Ridley Scott, Matt Damon film called The Martian. Uh, it's kind of stepping on your toes a little bit. Uh, and uh, <laughs> immediately we knew that we had to change the setting. We changed it to the Arctic and kept the same exact story. Oh, very good. With very little setup in terms of the actual story, the synopsis of the story, but you managed to really expand upon this idea of someone in an incredibly dire situation and I think one of the ways in which you were able to accomplish that is by focusing on the small details that it would require for someone to survive in those circumstances. I, I love the way that the film, I mean, it's a very natural way, but is able to kind of zero in on the, on the day-to-day. I would, I would, mundane might not be the right word for the, for to describe what he had to do, <laughs> but certainly those kind of, that level of detail, and it really pulls the audience into to him as a person as well as the story and the and the obstacles he's facing. Um, right. Tell me a little bit about what went into how you how you did that because it, it's it's a great part of the film. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and that was something that my co-writer and I we did a a, a ton of research to make sure that we got it right. Uh, you know, we uh, started uh, talking to Arctic survivalists and pilots and people who, who had survived hypothermia, people who had been uh, in, in similar situations, and it, it just we knew right away that we needed the authenticity there. Um, and I knew also as the director that I didn't want to pass a lot of that information on to the actor mm-hmm. uh, because they, it would become this... Uh, He'd be creating this facade, I think, uh, or at least that was my fear. I think that Mad School pulled it off. Um, But, you know, so uh, all those things like the the watch beeping and the uh, uh, having the very, very strict schedule that he adheres to, that's all necessary for survival. That was a constant thing that we were hearing from all the survivalists. If you don't stay uh, to the schedule, if you don't Stick to it, and if you don't expend as little energy as possible, you'll die. Yeah, and that is very understated. The 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 watch, the the alarm. It, you, I mean, you start to hear it over the course of the film, but the first couple of times, you it may not be something that you pick up, but it, it really, yeah, it it it's sort of a punctuation 
in the story. There are certain things right. that happen, and it's sort of sort of as a punctuation point on it. And also, there's not a there's no backstory. This is all sort of in the moment film. It's we don't we don't see flashbacks. There's nothing except our character just trying to survive. Just that's it. That's as True. bare bones as it gets. Um, and I'm very careful about it going any further with the storyline because I think that's for the the audience to see in the film. There are some circumstances that present themselves in the course of it, unless you feel otherwise. I I'm, I, I want to leave it to sort of your discretion as to how far into the story you want to go. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the one thing that I will add is that um, there is uh, there is a there's another human presence there okay. that. Um, that makes it so that he's there's another person basically okay. that is is uh, very sick and and he is he is relatively in good health compared to that other person and you know her arrival makes it so that he goes from being this animalistic impulse survivor to now being a human being again and, and that was really the most important thing for me, for this film, was to show that, that that impulse can come from someone who is not the same gender as you, not the same um, race, uh, and, and, you know, it's, yeah. it's somebody who he doesn't even know that, that basically saves him as he is saving her. Yeah, thank you. I wasn't I'm for that because I wasn't sure how far to go, but it, you're exactly right. It gives this whole other dimension to the character and, right. and how he... He he bears he feels the this responsibility for a lot of reasons. And which again, so much of this film is in the detail. It's in the nuance of it. So there is this very significant part of the film which is just the raw survival, just the, what it takes for a person in this situation to to make it to the next day, and it is that incredible intensity that Mads brings to this role, and he just does a wonderful job. This is. I, for as far as an acting exercise, this has got to be one of the most difficult things you can do as an actor. Uh, I'd like to talk about Mads uh, Mikkelsen a little bit here in terms of what you got out of him in this performance and what he gave to you in this performance as well. Yeah, you know, Mads was... It, it, it is very difficult to, to act by yourself. You know, there is a, a good portion of the film where he is by himself. Um, and really, he he was... I, I thought that with Mads, uh, I would just place a camera in front of him, press a little red button, and you're done. You know, he's such an incredible actor in every role of his that, that that's all that was needed. But really, he was searching for my eyes. He was, he was looking for, for feedback, uh, which I found to, to be wonderful. You know, and we, together we, we crafted this character and, uh, you know, the ups and downs uh, of his life. It's a little bit tough when you're spending, we only shot this film for 19 days, but when you're spending day after day after day of shooting something that's relatively reserved, um, you start kind of trying to create uh, something that, that may not necessarily be there. Um, you know, and you start trying to produce an emotion uh, and, you know, maybe hit something when you're, when you're angry as opposed to just, you know, taking a, a breath out and then walking away. Which is what most people would do. Um, that, so, yeah, that that's an interesting uh, dynamic. That that I don't know how often that happens on set. I would I would assume that it's a relatively rare where you have that sort of 
proximity to the actor on set that you you have that sort of in you're looking into the eyes of the actor. I, I, I may be wrong. I mean, I, how often does that happen in in making films where you're at you're in that proximity to the to the character that you're shooting? You know, it depends on the uh, depends on the director. Often, I, I've shadowed on a couple different sets. I've seen the directors who are, are just in Video Village and they are trying to see uh, just the monitor because they don't want to be reading something that they don't see, uh, that necessarily the camera won't see. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, personally, I'm the kind of guy who's next to the camera and I'm, I'm only checking the monitor for the frame because, uh, you know, when you, especially when you're watching it in a movie theater, you're going to be able to read somebody's emotions so much more than what a little tiny monitor can show you. So I, I just put my face next to the camera and I try to look at the actor and I see if, uh, you know, how to do the adjustments. Yeah. What's been the reaction? You mentioned the people that you sort of uh, took from their experiences and expanded it into the uh, the script. What's been the reaction of people who have lived through something like what are, um, what happened in Arctic? Yeah. Um, personally, I've only spoken to somebody who... Um, Somebody had fallen into um, down a subway tracks and almost without thinking, they jumped in to save that person. That's the only person who I've spoken to who was in a somewhat of a, a similar uh, situation where their survival uh, was not at stake uh, until somebody else's survival was, and they selflessly helped that other person out. Um, and they mentioned that it was really just something where they didn't even think about it. They they, they blanked, and they, it wasn't even a consideration for them that uh, that it was autonomic almost. Um, and and to me, that's that's interesting. A lot of people say, I don't know if I would have done the same thing. I think that most people would. I think that most people are inherently good. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to show in this film. Speaking with the writer and the director of the new film, Arctic, Joe Penna, and I would imagine that this was a very difficult shoot in terms of it, it was it filmed in iceland am i correct uh, and tell me a little bit about yeah. the actual physical uh considerations that went into the uh to the shoot of the film it was filmed in iceland um it, i am a brazilian person <laughs> so i just wanted to to present that without comment at <laughs> least at first <laughs> uh it, it was it was the wind is what really got you you know the, the, it was extremely cold uh in the Sleet was awful to, to deal with, but really the wind is is what gets you because it, it you know it sends little snowflakes pelting into your eyes, and uh, you know everything turns out to be one take because you just want to get back inside. But then sometimes you have to push through, and you think nobody is going to see what is happening right now in this moment. They're just going to see what ends up on the screen, so we have to do it again yeah. until it's right. Yeah. And and that's the the hardest impulse to try to get past is it's that moment of what are we going to do now yeah it, it's a just a it's a remarkable case study uh, of what uh what one would go through in this under these circumstances it's presented in such a realistic way such a and also uh mad's uh performance is so just completely involving and engaging and empathetic it's there's everything you'd want it is uh, it's extremely uh well done film 
And I want to remind our listeners that it's it's opening here in Los Angeles on February 1st. Uh, are you in town for any Q&As uh, during that week, the opening week? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'm just going to sneak into one of the uh, showings at the Landmark, figure out which one, uh, and then go to the bathroom afterwards and, and be telling people, wow, that was really such a well-directed film, wasn't it? <laughs> Well, I like that strategy. I like your marketing approach. I think that's excellent. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time today. Uh, the, thank you. Yeah, very much. Uh, we've been speaking with the director and writer. That's Joe Penna. The, the film is called Arctic, and it's uh, got a masterful performance by Matt uh, Mikkelsen. Uh, a terrific job all around. And uh, thank you so much for your time today uh, here on Film School. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Joe. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.